Welcome everyone to a very special CDO Magazine interview, part of the series of one-on-one interviews with CDOs, data leaders, and key influencers. I'm your host, Robert Lutton, Vice President of Santel Consultants, coming to you today from Toronto, Canada, on behalf of CDO Magazine. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Eleanor Traherne jones and Eleanor is the CEO of Kensu, an innovator in the data observability platform space. Welcome, Eleanor. Robert, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, the opportunity is ours, and I'm gonna we're going to talk about some interesting things that you're working on. So, uh, first of all, from what I understand, you and Kinsu have partnered together with CDU Magazine to create a special report to better understand the emerging market and the exciting area of data observability. Uh, it would be great for our listeners who are global uh, to sort of get a jump start to help you describe what data observability is. Uh, and, and then we can go from there. Of course. Data observability takes the best practices from application observability and applies that to the data within your pipelines instead. And so data observability is about continuously monitoring that your data meets the expectations that you have for it. Whereas in the past, historically, data quality solutions have focused on finding problems, what data observability does is give companies the opportunity to continuously monitor their data, to troubleshoot problems faster, and also to prevent them in the first place before they can reach your end users and before they can potentially hurt your business. I can see why data observability platforms uh, are really sort of storming the uh, the industry and why it's a, a hot area. Uh, can I ask, uh, what inspired the company to develop the data observability platform? And, and can I also then as, as CEO, can I ask you what your long-term vision is? So it's a two-part question. Of course. Um, so Kensu was founded um, by Andy Petrella, who's a data scientist and data engineer, um, longtime innovator in this space. He developed the Spark Notebook. Um, and as a data engineer, he was suffering from the relentless problem of fixing broken data pipelines um, that people are still suffering from. And so developed this solution initially within Spark um, in order to be able to give that real-time monitoring and uh, visibility into the health and reliability of your data. But now at Kensu, uh, we've expanded that to obviously much broader uh, set of tools and uh, existing data uh, architecture. Um, and our vision, as you say, our vision really is to ensure that data teams can be more productive um, and that they can have trust and confidence in the data and the data products that they can they deliver to their end customers. Uh, definitely a uh, key and admirable vision for uh, any organization to make sure that there's trust in the data. And, and it sounds like, because I was watching a couple of uh, videos on Andy, that he was doing the same thing time and time again, and he thought, may as well make a product out of it and just grow from there. So uh, fantastic things. Now, you're publishing a sneak peek of a report on the state of data observability. So for our listeners, could I ask if maybe you can share the big takeaway from this report, or there's a couple of key takeaways that you know our inquiring minds want to know? I mean, I think, first of all, what the report does is validates the data problem that we have. And so, you know, as one stark example of that, only 7% of um, the data decision makers that we surveyed in conjunction with CDO magazine 
only 7% were able to always pick up data problems before they reached their end users. Right. Wow. That, that's a shockingly no, no, low number. Uh, so I think it's what, people, it's what people know, but, yeah. uh, but, it's, but they haven't really had the data to quantify what that problem is. And we also then dug into some other things. You know, what are the consequences of that? Top three consequences were wasted time resources, stress and conflict with data consumers. And so I think this is what we've heard repeatedly when we've been talking with chief data officers. But as some of what the survey does is really put some hard numbers against the time, money, resources and consequences of this. And then in addition to that, um, for those looking to read the report, it sounds like this is a no brainer. But then we also dug into, you know, current obstacles to deploying things like data, deploying data observability. And I know I think this is the real value in these kind of surveys is that peer benchmarking. What most people want to be able to do is cut through the hype um, and get to some hard data points that can enable them to present a coherent strategy right side of their organization based and informed on what they know others within their industry are doing. And that's what I think this uh, research enables uh, companies to do. So one of the things that, uh, you know, just moving quickly, because I know this is just a, a short teaser of an interview, but from your point of view, how would you sort of differentiate Kensu's data observability platform versus what you mentioned before, data quality tools or data monitoring tools in the market? Where would you see the differentiation coming in? Yes, and it's this is something a lot of CDOs struggle with is, you know, there are a lot of vendors coming into the market and how do you distinguish um, between them? So here it's pretty clear. So what most of the market and data observability is doing is observing data at rest. Right. So scanning a broad variety of data sources, running anomaly detection and being able to find, let's say, find those problems, similar to um, some of the data quality solutions of the past. However, what we've pioneered here at Kensu is in addition to that, focusing on observing data in motion. And so actually, as and when the applications are touching that data, and that's what enables us to really give tools into the hands of data teams that gives them a proactive approach uh, where they can monitor in real time and also troubleshoot faster and also prevent problems from occurring because we're much closer to when that problem you know, actually, actually happens. Um, and we have a, a feature of our product, our circuit breaker, which means that if they identify that the data in a pipeline doesn't match expectations, you can actually stop, pause that job and stop the pipeline. And that's the power that data teams are looking for to be able to stop that bad data from getting further um, into your BI tools or your you know, models, et cetera. Just, just in time, uh, you know, uh, applicability to the day-to-day -day jobs of the data engineers. I, I like it. One of the things that uh, you're you're most likely have seen, or the organization has run into, that an existing CDO would want to know is that uh, how easy would it be to integrate uh, maybe uh, your your data observability platform uh, within an organization's uh, existing data infrastructure? Could you? Kind of address how you how that might work. Yes, I think I think you feel you've had a sneak peek into the into the survey as well because I was just checking the data points. Seventy eight percent. It was the highest highest priority 
from data decision makers in choosing any data management tool was that it could integrate effectively into the existing into the existing stack. So, and that's just a reflection of the complexity of the current data environments that yeah. that everyone is dealing with. So, at Kensu, we've designed our solution so it can be deployed on-prem, multi-cloud, hybrid to reflect. Some companies have, you know, a mixture of those that they're dealing with. Um, and so that's the key first part of being able to deploy um, within your existing environment. And then also we've built out the solution to integrate directly with a number of the different core transformation tools. I talked about Spark at the very beginning, but people are using, you know, DBT, Matillion, Python. Um, and so we're able to integrate with all of those different solutions in order to be able to make it as easy as possible to get the benefits and the value from data observability. And then with those observations, what's also critical is going upstream. So being able to then push that into your BI tools or help with the kind of maintenance of a data catalog um, and also integrate with existing ticketing systems. So all of those are kind of known enterprise requirements um, that are critical for the successful deployment of data observability. So, so really you're bringing this holistic enterprise view to, do, to the data observability platform, uh, mm -hmm. which is uh, really impressive. I, I like the way you've gone from cloud to uh, on-prem to uh, you know, data in rest and data in motion. Uh, one of the last questions uh, that we have, and I'm sure you've been asked this before, but is there any insight that you can share to a CDO that what's the expected ROI that an, a typical organization could expect when leveraging uh, perhaps your data observability platform? Absolutely. Um, some initial some initial kind of outcomes are around time saving and efficiency. So we've seen companies be able to kind of cut in half the time that they spend troubleshooting and fixing broken data pipelines. And we've now got the data within this survey to show how much time on a, across the across the board that's actually taking taking companies. But for many companies, it's taking them, you know, days and for some weeks to currently fix those problems. And so a 50% reduction is a significant reduction. Yeah. We worked with a global cosmetics company that had a 50-person data team. And when they deploy data observability, they save the equivalent time of four FTEs, which could then be redeployed onto other far more strategic projects than, than fixing broken data pipelines. Well, you heard it here first, 50% plus cost savings. Eleanor, I, I know we could delve into a lot more, but we just wanted to get a, a quick uh, interview out there, launching at the same time the sneak peek uh, of the, uh, the report that comes out. On behalf of the CDU Magazine, we really appreciate you. We know you've got a busy schedule. Uh, you've given us the time uh, doing this research with the CDU Magazine, providing the insights. As I said, uh, you know, a couple of minutes ago, the report, well, the full report, will be published in the CDU Magazine on the 27th as, uh, of September 2023, uh, and obviously be port reported on the Akinsa website as well. Uh, so, Eleanor, on behalf of the CDU Magazine, we hope that we'll have the chance to. Have you come back and share some of your knowledge and insights again? Thank you. And also, it's been an absolute pleasure to do this research in partnership with CDO Magazine. And I'd also like to take this opportunity to thank all of the people, many of whom may be listening to this, who actually responded and answered the survey and contributed to this study 
in order that we can have and be able to share these benchmarking results with the broader data community. So thank you to everyone that invested their, their time at that point. Um, and I really look forward and urge everyone to read the report. And I look forward to discussing further all of the findings that, that we found. And for our listeners, please visit cdmagazine.tech for additional interviews. Thank you.